0: Welcome to North London's Most Read, episode 8. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Arsenal's 0-0 draw against Manchester United. I think that was a bit of a weird game, personally. Um, I don't know how you felt about it, Jamie.
1: You know what? I actually quite enjoyed it for a 0-0. It felt like it, it could have a... opened up. Uh, it was open. It was an open game. I can't be too mad about the fact that we were missing a lot of players and we still... Got... I mean, like obviously, I'm mad we didn't win. I'm gussied. Yeah. And we could have done it. We really could have. Um, they...
0: But... They did... Yeah. It could have been worse. I do you mean. Yeah, because I, I think, obviously... We didn't have Saka, Tierney or Aubameyang, yeah. like three of our probably, you know, at least top five players. And
1: players, that the difference makers, the ones that make stuff happen.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when the, when the team came out, uh, like the team sheet before the game, I was a bit underwhelmed. Um, I was a bit questioning why Saka obviously wasn't in the start line You were going to be like,
1: where's Saka? Not on the bench? Yeah.
0: What? I found it weird um, because obviously it's transpired that he's got a sore hip. Which sounds like a bit of a weird uh, saw injury. But I but actually it is didn't what it is. didn't see
1: that. Fair enough. I don't know what a hip injury is meant to be bad yeah. or good or if they're
0: worse than average or what. I I don't know if this, this is me as well, but with uh, Tierney, there hasn't been much like clarity about his his injury. He, he was in training
1: because I saw the Odegaard training. Yeah, I saw some pictures. Yeah, he was training with some
0: bios. Yeah, so I'm I'm not really too sure what's going on with Tierney at the moment. He's probably just got. He's probably just not 100 percent much fit. But then he's yeah. not even on, even in the squad. It was a bit of a weird one.
1: Yeah, I hope he starts against Wolves because we need him, uh, especially because it's li- I reckon there's going to be a lot of rotation for that game because they put. Yeah. The, you know, I don't know why they do Saturday and then Tuesday games. It's really frustrating. But because a lot of our players have run themselves into the ground in the last few weeks, as well as I like th- little injuries like Lacquer and whatever's happened with Saka, we're going to need Tierney to come back, yeah. and then probably Odegaard to start because they haven't got that many like Definitely. attacking players left, and like. I think- you'll expect that Nketi to start as well so we need to find like goals from somewhere because I don't think Nketi is giving us anything but a tap in. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, I'm but... happy to eat my words if he scores, you know. Like,
0: Yeah, I, I think as well especially with um, like I said going off at the end of the game um, I don't know if there's like an injury there or, or what's, yeah, what's we'll quite going to on Yeah, we'll see that. what happens with that. He, lo- he looked quite distraught walking off the pitch I thought.
1: He was down for a long time as well. That's not a very yeah.
0: good sign. When that Fridge, Maguire bumps into you. You're probably going to be down for mm. quite a long time. Yeah, he,
1: yeah, I think Maguire insane. hurt his back as well. I know he's going to be dodgy ones then. once. Yeah.
0: Anyways, how, how did you when you saw our front three, Martinelli, Pepe, and Laka? How how did you kind of what did you think about that? When I was you, intrigued. When you I didn't
1: really have a judgment to make because it's just not a front three we really see. Um I was surprised not to see Saka because he's been so integral to the team and also, you know, I know he's played a lot of minutes, but you'd expect that if he was fit, he starts that game still because it's such an important game. And it's Man U, we've got to win that. Um, so, oh, Saka's
0: you know, a guaranteed so starter now, yeah.
1: Yeah, so That's... I was surprised, but then I assumed that, especially if he's not on the bench, there's something else to because, you know, you don't just not play Saka. Uh, Martinelli, I'm happy, I'm always excited to see him because it's the same thing that we talked about last week. He said he didn't want to sell Pepe without seeing him play a lot. So then you can see, is yeah. he, you know, I want the questions answered. With Martinelli, it's kind of the, not the sell style, but the terms of we haven't mm-hmm. seen enough of him to really know exactly what we're going to get. So it's that excitement, yeah. the mystery uh, of what Martinelli is now, because he was very excited like, before he got the injury before. Um, sure. But again, he looks like he's been injured again, or yeah, that's the only reason I can find yeah. him being taken off at half time.
0: Yeah, we'll get we'll get in, get into that a little bit later on. I'm glad that um, Smith Rowe um, kept his place and Odegaard didn't immediately come in, um, providing obviously Smith Rowe was and fit, which he he seemed he seemed pretty much that. Yeah, he um, got tired. He got tired. I'm glad uh, Pepe started as well. Yeah, good game awesome. against Southampton. Um, but yeah, getting into the game, um, there was obviously there was an early for Cedric uh, yeah that was fine, which though. worried me a little bit because I thought it was so early in the game that um you know especially up against Rashford I think because he was on the left and Rashford was on the right I was thinking um you know, getting skinned by Rashford a few times might, mm. might not work out too well for him. But, you know, fair play. Um, I don't know why him and F- uh, Bruno Fernandes were going at each other so much.
1: Because when you're, like, mm. from the same country, it's like, and you play for the national team, yeah. it's like, your mums are definitely friends. Your girlfriends yeah. hang they out. Probably, why are you going at each other?
0: They've probably done the classic football player thing where they've insulted each other's mums or wives or something like <laughs> but that. They, but and they'll, then <laughs> next week, they will be an <laughs> international duty hugging and shit. Do you know what I mean?
1: But, you know, their girlfriends weird. are on FaceTime during the game going, oh, my God, <laughs> they're talking to each <laughs> other.
0: I... While we're on the topic of Bruno, um, Bruno Fernandes, how did you feel about that challenge? This oh, the studs back down, of the leg. studs down Achilles. They che- mm. they VAR checked it, right?
1: I was getting very excited understand. when I heard there was a VAR check. I'm not well, gonna
0: lie. I could understand that it's, you know, it's pro- it's probably not quite enough for a red card, admittedly, but that's a definite yellow. Yeah, like a- yeah. at least, it's it's an orange card in my opinion. It c- it could have really gone either way. If it d- I'm not just saying it because I'm an Arsenal fan, because I'm I'm quite fair and I'm quite quite neutral when it comes to stuff like that mm-hmm. if it's you know if it, if it wasn't a yellow or wasn't a red i'd, I'd happily say that like we've been really given worse
1: me. for that
0: yeah when you can yeah I, I i thought it deserved at least the yellow honestly i forgot um, he was playing in the second half though yeah i know i, I i'm not huge on bruno Fernandez. Oh, he's a good he's a great player. he's, he's obviously
1: world class but he didn't make it yeah. happen today which i'm I mean, very that, thankful for
0: that dive he did piss me off as well but we'll uh, we won't get into that too much <laughs> he's just um, like
1: that was a dodgy first thing i heard that when i saw the video i was gonna get called i was
0: excited i thought yeah. oh if
1: we can get him off in the first 10 minutes this is good
0: well, i think we limit we limited man united a lot in the in the first half to so not many chances one chance they did have which i think leno made a really really underrated uh, world-class save yeah was the shot from Fred at the the edge of the box uh, and it was weird though because it was in a similar position where um, Southampton scored against us their first goal um on Tuesday night um I think Leno's made a really really good save there Mm -hmm. I I think like originally especially watching the commentary with like Gary Neville and Martin Tyler they didn't really seem to pick up on how good a save it was and then when they showed the replays they they kind of um you know they they changed their minds on that because it, yeah. it was an outstanding but because it day,
1: was so really. outstretched you can only get really weak contact on it and weaker goalkeepers don't yeah. get the strength to put that out and it just you know fluffs their hand and goes in. it was but weird did it. When,
0: when i first saw when i first saw the shot um because it didn't have an awful lot of power and it was the it was the placement leno gets a slight touch mm-hmm. but the slight touch is you know it, it, it's such an accurate shot by fred it's going straight in the top corner yeah and he's just, Leno's kind of brushed it, but he's obviously just done enough to take it wide. Yeah. But it was it was, it was, was a really, really good save, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a
1: better attempt on goal than we had all game, unfortunately. But uh, it felt like we had a lot of attempts. We just didn't have that final finish, or it was blocks or anything like that. But that was definitely, I think, the closest to going in
0: shot or yeah. like play of the whole game. I was wondering what was going on. Unless with, you're thinking um, about the Cavani one. Yeah, true. I was wondering what was going on with Scott Matomine as well.
1: Well, they had him take um, pills at the beginning of the game, and then he yeah. was like rubbing his belly. I think he just needed shit. <laughs> Probably, yeah.
0: either that or he had like a really upset stomach. <laughs> but then, why are you playing him? Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that, He's not he Michael stayed, Jordan. He, he doesn't on. get off the yeah. flu
1: and score thirty. He's McTominay. He, he
0: he he did have like he was on the pitch for like thirty five minutes, yeah. and he used to he, he had problems from like the ten fifteen minute mark, especially in like a Premier League game, high level. Like they should just take him off sooner. It's well, not it's not like was not he's...
1: waste the sub was starting him. if it
0: was if it was bruno fernandes you could understand because you think oh right let's persevere bruno fernandes is a difference maker et cetera. Et cetera. Mm. but with scott McTominay, it's like, just just sub him <laughs> they, you know they I mean?
1: played Pulper on left wing to accommodate
0: him when yeah. he just needed a shit <laughs> it was one, such a waste one... yeah no it was um one thing I did love in the first half was David uh, Luiz's celebration from blocking. Um, yeah, well, he
1: knows that's going in if he doesn't get a touch on that.
0: Well, it shouldn't have been a free kick in the first place because Bruno Fernandes dive, Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's hit the ball and Partey's just followed through like you see a hundred times in a game. But because Bruno Fernandes has made an absolute meal out of it, the ref's given a free kick for it. But like most other players, wouldn't even be embarrassing enough to even try and get a free kick out of that. It's but just Bruno so Fernandez hypersensitive
1: is... on the end of the box, though. Like everyone's ears like start pricking up as soon as you get like no. anything happen at the end of the box. If you
0: if you rewatch what Partey does to Fernandez, that happens a hundred times on a pitch, and you never get a free kick for that. It's it's because Bruno's like gone down like Partey's intentionally touched him and all this sort of stuff. Bruno pl- absolutely plays for that free kick. Um, and I'm just glad he didn't score, it. and I'm glad David Luiz had the celebration. Cause it shows how much how much he cares. And yeah, well, he
1: knows how important it was.
0: Well, before the game, you know, I was, I was speaking to numerous Arsenal fans, and I, I thought that Gabriel should start the game um, over over David Luiz. Um, but you know, I'm I'm happy that David Luiz did actually start the game. Um, yeah, yeah, because you know he he had he had a brilliant first half, um, you know, and second half. Um, Talking about the second half. I uh, want to talk about the midfield, actually.
1: I'll go, on, go, on. Um, go In the first half, I was impressed with the sort of smart defensive midfield passing with, like, you know, passing to Jack to Jack to Smith-Rowe, and good movement as well from Cedric to make time up when they were being pressed in our half. He's good at uh, sort of, like, going one way and then actually going the other way or going the original way and dumbing people to make that extra space. And it was clever, smart passing. But in the second half, I felt that, you know, I don't want to say this because he's the new expensive player, but I felt like Parsey yeah. was sloppy and he did lose possession at times. And he lost possession, which led to um, Rashford's side netting shot in the second half yeah. as well, which is dangerous because he's a good player. Um, his passing uh, And he, he missed a, a sort of flick onto Bellerin as well that was not mm-hmm. that out of you know craziness, and you can see the passing range of what he offers in there, um, and he did do that most of the time. But I did feel that he was a bit sloppy than normal. But in the first half, I was impressed with all of their defensive sort of mm-hmm. um, movements and passing.
0: Even Jacker. Yes, it's good you mentioned that though, because um, I was thinking with uh, the central midfielders Partey and Jacker. Like I don't feel like they were that involved in the game. Like for out. Well, Jacker like, would drop into left back. Well. He would drop into yeah. left back
1: so that um, Cedric could pull up. I mean, but but
0: so. I, I agree with um, what you're saying about Partey. I think he's, defensively, I think he he was he was brilliant today. Um, again, he didn't give Man United, um, especially Bruno Fernandes, they didn't have much space to run into. Mm-hmm. Um, they did on the yeah. wings, admittedly. Um, but centrally, I think him and Xhaka def- on the defensive side did really well. Um, but yeah, I agree, Jacker and Partey didn't really create much... Um, going forward i don't know if they're you know overly reliant on smith Rowe and just think oh if we pass the ball to him he'll he'll create something but also when um, they
1: did pass this like in the second half out wide as soon as it went to william yeah. he would just turn back and pass it to the defenders so then you know yeah. there even if they've got it out to the wingers they won't get credited with any of that it because it's gone straight back to them and so it looks like
0: a 100%. movement hasn't
1: happened but actually it's been snuffed out by our own
0: player well we, we, we lost a lot of creativity today because i think saka who in my opinion is at least in our top two creative players mm-hmm. Um, and Tierney on the left and I think we'd have had a lot more opportunities um, if they were both playing because um, I, I can't really think of many um, Cedric or Bellerin chances they really created not many I think there was the one where um, within a few minutes of the second half where Bellerin's hit it across the brock, and it's Hit across the box and it's dropped to William And Williams just taken a bit of a weird, sl- a slower touch, and his shot oh, gets blocked. Oh, that was so
1: weird. He took that, so that long to only... do it. Just to hit a terrible shot. Yeah,
0: that was the only really chances I can really think that Bellerin and Or Cedric created. Like when you when you compare it to um, midweek against Southampton, especially Cedric. Like I just I, our fullbacks are defensively they were great. Don't get me wrong, but I think going forward today they let us down a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you can see that Rashford was staying up and not even tracking back with um, Cedric. So I reckon that they thought they were going to catch him out of position at some point. So they were confident in that. Um, but, you know, no one scored. So who are we to say who didn't play and didn't do well yeah, defensively? Yeah, understand. Um, though there was done. a game that it like it, on another day someone wins 2-1, another day it's 1-0, yeah. or another day it's 3-2 because, you know, we hit the bar with the free kick. They missed a sitter yeah. with Cavani. They missed... Um, that shot with Fred that most keepers don't save, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's uh, Pepe doesn't always get blocked for that shot that he had. Is is yeah. you know, it's it's all well and good going. This has happened here. We you know, the nil nil is the ag- exact blueprint of what the game should have been, but it's not. That's not how it works. Like on different mm-hmm. days, it goes differently. I'd be interested to see the XG. I haven't actually googled it um but it, yeah i would probably say that they had a higher higher chance of winning that game stats wise than us but it feels like we I'm pressed sure. them very deep for like the first half and now the second half and it looked like we were going to make much more I difference
0: think, yeah i think man united had a few um more chances centrally and i think we recreated a little bit more out wide um there was a, there was a few uh, chances for pepe um cutting in on his left on the right hand side a few times where a couple of times he's hit slightly wide yeah there was yeah. there was one, the second one was really close yeah, the one, the one that was the one that was about 15 minutes from the end of the game, and there was if you watch the replay on that, Lacazette is calling for the ball. So Smith-Rowe. And I think if Pepe, I think Pepe wants to impress, and Pepe's you yeah. know he, he's a player who likes to have a shot. Like, he's selfish take. on his left cutting in. Yeah. And I think if he does square that to Lacazette, lacazette has got a better chance than Pepe. But at the same time, if that's on another day Pepe scores that. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's it's hard to because eight out of ten wingers would shoot that do you know what i mean yeah so it's it's difficult to put too much blame at his door but i think sometimes in the attacking positions if we were a little bit less selfish because i remember sorry to go back to the first half but i remember in the first half about 15 minutes in uh lacquer's got the ball at about 30 yards and he shoots it at decay yeah
1: that was a weird one then. and when he, he had, had martinelli um, free on, on the, the left, left yeah
0: and pepe's on the right Like Pepe's not in quite a good position, but the the central defender, I think it was Maguire, is drawn to um, Lacazette. And it just leaves space to Martinelli. So if Lacazette doesn't, it wasn't even like Lacazette had a really good chance. No, and he 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 plays straight to the keeper. Martinelli's got a really good opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if if you're shooting from 25, 30 yards instead of passing for your teammate who's going to probably get a one on one on the keeper. Like it's it's a bit. I just I, I just think our our strikers were trying to get some individual glory a little bit too much today. Where if they had squared it to a teammate, um, we might have got a goal. Do you know yeah, what I, mean?
1: I think unfortunately it's a composure thing. In that, like you know, you hear it, Man U and it's a big game, and people want to be the match winner in the derby. You know, old they you know we used to be the two best teams in the league, and I think that still has some cultural relevance. Um, and people who are nervous will snatch at things and not think properly but you know you're paid enough to and you're at an elite level where you've got to be just playing it like it's in the back of the park and you play the right decision every time and that's not what happened but I do think the occasion yeah. will
0: get to them like that. And also and also I think there's that especially at the moment because our, our attacking wise our team seems to get stronger um, we've got a lot more competition for places like in all of the forward four positions so like left right middle and the 10 position um we've got a lot of competition for places and i think maybe mm-hmm. um certain players because like saka and abam being out um certain players are probably looking for to do that but you know maybe a bit more unselfish a few times and we, we could have got that goal today yeah I definitely think we're slightly the be- slightly the better team than Man United, but it's probably to be expected considering that we're at home, so we have got the slight advantage, even though Man United are ridiculously good away from home. Um, yeah, but I think that they
1: had um, the higher quality chances. We had half chances and they had, you know, three-quarter chances.
0: Well, I've, I think if you consider Williams' chance in the second half, that's, that's, a, that's one of the best chances of the game, personally. Um, I just... It's it's unfortunate. Um, I don't I don't want to hate on William too much because at this point I blame Arteta more than William. Um, because what you blame him for? If 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 in my opinion, if Arteta has taken off Martinelli for William and forty five minutes for for tactical reasons and not for an injury, that's a big mistake. No, it's Arteta definitely an personally. injury. But I, There's no we, reason you do have to do that tactically to... at
1: half-time. If it is, then I'll absolutely like just like yep. talk as much rubbish about Arteta in the next podcast as you will. And you know, I'm a, yep. I'm a bigger Arteta fan than you, so that's like more you know out of the There's norm.
0: Some, sometimes you do get, um, you know, sometimes like because it was on Sky Sports. Sometimes you do get Sky Sports like going down to like Jeff Shrews or whatever to talk about the injury and stuff like that. Um, maybe because of COVID, I don't know if they're doing that at the moment. But normally, like you do get a bit of information if someone's injured. Um, but there, there didn't seem to be any of that. It didn't seem like, you know, Martinelli, leg like, was wrapped up on the bench or anything like anything to indicate that he was injured. Yeah. Uh, um, it'll change. Uh, you know, it, it might very well be an injury. But w- we said it at the time. Why couldn't Pepe play on the left? Uh, bring Odegaard on on the right. Have Lacro down the middle. Why? Why is he brought on Willian? who has been out of form for the whole season. I
1: presume it's an sort of easing Odegaard thing in. Um and yeah, another but still, question
0: still only 45 minutes
1: yeah another question mark is why we um we started martinelli if there was issues over his fitness surely you just have him come on at 60 if you wanted him to come on with his work rate and come on without you know being too much of a liability rather than starting someone and then abruptly taking them on at half yeah. time when they've warmed into the game yeah so it's a bit confusing really but um I want to talk about also. I want to talk about Rob Holding, and uh, I want to talk about Smith Rowe. We haven't really touched on him, and I want to talk about Wait, Pepe. I was actually impressed yeah. with Pepe today. I thought he was good. I thought he he was difficult. Shaw didn't like it. He was not comfortable there dealing with him when he was on the right hand side against Shaw's left. Um, yeah. And I don't think Wan-Bissaka was too happy though. Wan-Bissaka is so good one ta- like, oh, mu- on one, like tackling wise, that it was much of a, a less of a problem for him. But Shaw looked unhappy. And I think Shaw played well offensively, but defensively he was worried about Pepe, you know, dribbling all around him, wrong-footing him, and coming yeah. in and doing the step-overs. He looked bright. He looked positive. Um, mm-hmm. he, and I thought his defensive work rate was much better than he has been on average this season.
0: Well, you, well, you normally with Arsenal attacks this season, seventy percent of them, especially the successful ones, have come down the left. Yeah. And today, most of our most of our attacks came down the right. Bellerin and Pepe. Um, Especially like the good ones, but I think we we made a plan of attacking a bit more down the right when we normally go down the left. Obviously, personnel doesn't help, um, yeah. but then also I think the fact that because Wambsacca is such a good defender, that does influence it as well. And you'd rather attack down the right because you know you're going at Shaw, and Shaw, you know, Shaw's not a terrible defender any, by any stretch of the imaginations, but you can definitely get at him yeah. um, more successfully than you would against Wan-Bissaka, for example, because is pretty much got everything. He's got pace, he can tackle. Um, you know, he's, he he. there's not much you can't rate on him in a defender apart from probably his attacking side of the game. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's was, it was definitely... Um, I think Bellerin and Pepe have a good, good little partnership down the right. Um, it would be interesting to see if Cedric on the right, if he was, would be a bit more creative than Bellerin, but it's it's difficult to decide on them two at the moment which yeah. one I'd prefer to start. But I didn't, don't think Cedric had a great game today either
1: he wasn't the worst player on the pitch no one was dreadful to be honest it was just a a, an average performance you know maybe actually if you consider that we didn't have our best player it was an above average performance but still was an arsenal biased fan you want to see them win that game yeah Um, i want to ask you about because i was thinking about saka again um and if we're just going to i never see different injuries um but you know the same sort of soreness reason given by the arsenal team for why they're not featuring um yeah that's been said about both Ceballos and about Tierney, and we both really haven't seen them really come back, and it's been four or five games since. So, are we likely to not see Saka for four or five games now? Or how does that work? Is it like what's what? What do we th- and then can we deal with that? Are we now going to lose against Aston Villa, Wolves, Leeds, and uh, Manchester City now because we haven't got our brightest spark in the team, or is this just the rest he needs?
0: Yeah, it's difficult, but if if you take like the top three. Of Saka with his sore hip, but if you if you take the the top three players out of any team in the league, they're going to struggle. So with Saka, Tini, and Aubameyang out, you know, getting a nil 0 draw against Manchester United's not not the worst result. No, in the it world, doesn't feel good I now. Think. Though. No, I I think on the whole of it, I think we we did we did deserve to win. Um, but if you if you'd asked any Arsenal fan um, at the start of the season if they'd have taken four points from Man United in the league i think most arsenal fans would have
1: sure but then you have to also you know go for but what about losing against burnley at home and all like you know yeah. and all those other games that are way worse than you'd expect that will Yeah
0: but i i'm just glad that because we you know in the in the league we've been on a bit of a run i'm just glad that we didn't lose cuz that yeah. that's definitely a game in the past where Man United would counter attack us and beat us 2, two nil three one. Do you know what I mean? It happened multiple times. Well, we've won Manga. the
1: last two games against Man U at home in the league.
0: We beaten them. I think two nil both times. Yeah, but Man United are an improved improved team from earlier in the season. Yeah, they had a, they had a poor start to the season when they lost to Crystal Palace and us. And us? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, it was it was a similar game to Old Trafford though that. that you know, we we won by penalty. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I work. actually,
1: I don't, I know Arsenal fans won't like hearing this, but we didn't deserve to win that game. We didn't. We didn't do it now. No, but no, we, did win. we didn't. Yeah, it is what it is.
0: So on on the basis, I think the two games we've had with Man United, we've been very even. Um, yeah, yeah. They could both of them could have gone either way. Um, but given that we were on. even and they're second, it, you know, maybe we could get better than we are in. Yeah, but you've got to look at like Everton today, for example, lost their home, yeah, home to Newcastle, yeah. getting a point against a top four well you know i'm not saying they're a top four rival right, because we're not in the to- we've not in the top four and we haven't been looking like we would but getting getting a point of a of a top team isn't the worst result in the world especially when you consider that we lost to teams like burnley earlier in the season you know yeah
1: and we also we, uh, in the same way that teams like everton lost at home 2-0 or 0-2 to newcastle we beat them comfortably 3-0 yeah but this exactly. all, yeah. But I'm sure that Everton will crush Burnley four 0 and you know we lost at home. Yeah, and then they'll go, oh, but look at that, we trashed the team that beat Arsenal. It's, so it's it, the classic. You thing can manipulate of stats how you want to. The league table is the only, you know, near objective thing about how
0: people are actually doing. And we're not doing exactly. great in that. We're not so hot there. It, ju- it, ju- it. The fi- the thing with this result is it depends how yeah. our next few results go. If we if we beat Wolves and we can we should beat actually Arsenal this better. is the best time to play yeah. Wolves. If, if we beat Wolves and Ashton Villa, you know, that would be seven points from three tough fitches. Do I mean? It's, yeah. We have to beat you, Leeds. It,
1: That's the only game that we had. Like, is it like not a hard Not a yeah, it's, the, it's, it's the easiest game this month
0: out of respect to Leeds. It's the game we're expected to win. We've the only one
1: that we win more than half the time, I'd say.
0: Yeah. We've got, we've got, you know, we're at home as well against them because I think it was at Ellen Road when Pepe got sent off for that headbutt, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah i forgot about yeah, that i guess what well, alioski or whatever his name is i don't know Aliowski? the guy that made the absolute most of it i, d- I don't know what he's called I'm, i won't pretend to know um but yeah so we, you know we've got some trickier games coming up but i'm i'm not i'm not mad at the nil nil f- i think we could have won it on another day but then man united fans will feel the exact same thing sure. it's probably just team bias you know
1: yeah, it was relatively even, both sides. It's not like there was no chance in the game. There was chances, and it was a relatively open game. But everyone did enough, and no one did enough at the same time because we drew, it is what it is.
0: And we, we only really... I only really remember David De Gea making one save from Smith-Rowe's shot mm-hmm. at, at his near post. Um, we hit the bar. Um, there was a few chances that didn't actually end up getting to De Gea, like the William shot. But, you know, ultimately, we didn't do enough to score many goals um no. on another day one of them goes in and we might win 1-0 but many united fans could say the same about their chances with cavani cavani missed a few like few quite easy chances today to be honest yeah. especially that one where leno's kind of out of his goal a little bit and he's hit it just off target and it's hit yeah. it leno's hand and got wide that that's, on another day like cavani scores that you know so in on the on the, ba- on the basis of it they probably had the better chances to score
1: That's that's what I mean. I'm sure they'll come up higher in the XG. I might actually check it now. Uh, No, I won't actually, because if I can't find it, it'll waste time for everyone. But (laughs) I would go say that it was probably about mm, mm, 0.9 to 1 for Arsenal, and then probably like 1.4 to 1.6 for Manu. i I've got no idea. And last time I called this, I I was bang on. I said it would be about 0.6 each for us against, uh, who was it? Was it Crystal Palace? I can't remember. And and it was literally like 0.67 to 0.62 or something. I was bang on. Which, I'll be honest, I do not give a fuck about XG. I think it's the most pointless thing in the world. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> it's my data nerd side coming out, I
0: love it. But like in the same no, way, that's like, fair enough.
1: You can't get you can't predict things perfectly, but it is um you can somewhat, you know, correlate what's gonna happen with what has happened. But,
0: but that's the thing though, like with with the whole XG thing, like if you go by XG, Everton. We're supposed to beat Newcastle three one today or three 0 today. Yeah, but and that's how it goes. Gone there And Newcastle have gone there and won two 0 Like no one, no one saw that coming, and that's why you love football and that's why you love the Premier League. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an interesting stat that can tell you more yeah. than what you than what some people will see on the scoreline. But um, you know, upsets happen.
0: One, people one are thing. Human. Yeah, definitely. One thing I want to talk about uh, just before we obviously move on from the end of the game. Yeah. Um. Was, I, was, I was hoping Odegaard would get a little bit more than yeah, the last 10-12 so so minutes or so. Um, he didn't, just because of the way the game was and it was a bit slow towards the end and teams kind of wasting a little bit of time because they were happy with the draw, he didn't really get on the ball much. I don't no. think he had many touches. He probably had three or four touches. Um, and he wasn't really in a position where he received the ball in a dangerous or attacking area. So we can't really judge him on... On this little cameo that he made. Um, yeah, well,
1: right at the end of this game, it seemed to get very polarised in that it was like, you know, one person would be right up in attack and then the other person would be right up in attack. And that doesn't yeah. really require a 10 to link midfield and attack when there is no midfield and attack. There's just attack and, you know, full attack and full defence. Yeah, so it didn't it, really require him because it was more hoof and hope.
0: There just, just didn't seem any urgency from either team to get a winner, really. I think, you know, that, you know, they were obviously trying, but I don't think they were like, they were going full out for mm-hmm. the win. I didn't get that that from either side. I think Man United, when you look at it on the basis of it, um, going to the Emirates and in previous seasons they've lost, they were happy with the point. Judging by what's happened at home in some of our games this season, I think Arsenal were quite happy with the point. Um, and they played, played really for what they both deserved.
1: Yeah, it was... Both teams will be angry, but I don't think anyone can be that rightfully... Angry at the result because I don't think anyone outright deserved it massively over the others. Anyone can argue over this chance and that chance, but it wasn't decisive enough to anyone for anyone to feel Rob
0: really. And also, aside from the Lacazette free kick, might I add, because Man United didn't actually have that many free kicks. um, Our deliveries and shot attempts.
1: Cedric's free kick was terrible, awful. David Luiz's was terrible.
0: Well, his one hit the wall, so I mean. You know, Man United have got some tall players, but yeah, let, let, let's not pretend that like that might have gone in. But David Luiz doesn't really score free kicks. He, scored, he takes he scored, a bunch of them, but he he scored like probably three in the last five years. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, but they they make the highlight reels when they do go in because he's got that unique way yeah. of taking them. So, but he hasn't scored that many free but kicks no, to warrant but... how many. Chance he gets and no, Jack but didn't, a... Jack didn't even take one he scored that free kick against Chelsea and Jack didn't even get one But it's a it mean doesn't make any thing.
1: sense everyone remembers Louise's ones because he scores the dramatic yeah. ones rather than scoring them often even if they're a little bit more boring so I he'll keep getting to he... take them I
0: don't even think he scored a free kick for Arsenal is he I can't remember one but yeah, I nah, know he's a bang either. for Chelsea I don't think he's, uh, he had a, he's scored a few, but not many, mate, I'll be honest. But they're
1: just, they're just like memes that, you know, you hear yeah, about and you see no, them, get, they get
0: replays. It. I just think if anyone should get a free kick, it should probably go to the guy that scored a banging free kick against Chelsea with Jacob. But, but he doesn't score them like that often, it's like the same nah, No, no, that's fair, but he didn't even get a chance. You know, when you're letting Cedric hit the ball, like... I didn't get that one at all. Yeah. If mean. he's going to
1: deliver it in, fine, it was but not if he's a... going to shoot.
0: It was the angle as well. It was about 30 yards out when it was the corner <laughs> of the box. Like, if, if it was down the middle, you could probably understand it a bit more, but yeah. nah, I didn't get it at all. I
1: reckon he told Laka, yeah, don't worry, mate, I'm going to cross. They just <laughs> went for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah,
0: that was disappointing, the, the free kicks today. One um, person that was
1: notably absent was Maitland-Niles, again. Ainsley. Yep. And there were rumours the about, about show, him, uh, well, he didn't get on the pitch, to make his usual 30-second yeah, yeah. cameo. And yeah. apparently he is being chased by both Southampton and West Brom. Yeah. Yesterday there was talk of a top four side, but that might have just been <laughs> West Ham that, are cut, Like you know, that at the time were fourth. That's his agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so allegedly, I mean, he could definitely put in a shift for Southampton or West Brom. I'm not sure where they want to play him, I assume, like, because uh, Southampton pretty stacks with um, Kyle Walker-Peters at right back. Yeah. Um, they don't seem very shook up with right, only Ryan Burch in a left back, but I don't think you should play Maitland-Niles in a, uh, a left back role. I believe that they play a sort of wide midfielder, 4-4-2-ish style thing with Che Evans and Ings up front. So maybe they want him to play right mid and a, yeah. a, a wide midfielder. Uh, and I don't know really anything about West Brom's tactics, but he could walk into
0: that team. Yeah, definitely. Um I, I've read read a little bit about um these rumours as well. Um I've also read that he wants one of the reasons is because he wants to get a midfield role, more of a central midfield role, um, at another team and get some experience there. Um he's never gonna get out of Arsenal because I don't think he's good enough to play in central midfield let alone you know play fullback for us or whatever the position is i think he's um, good as
1: a right wing back and as a left wing back but i not just, as a back four
0: i don't see him as a center mid i think he sees himself as a center mid yeah. um and i think realistically I'd, i i'd prefer him to go to southampton for for a couple of reasons um but ultimately i don't think it's the the right decision for him because I can see him maybe starting for a few games at Southampton and then finding himself out of the team. Um, whereas I think if he joins the West Brom he will get a lot more game time but then it's it comes up with style of play where Southampton have got more of a style of play that we play. So if we were to ever utilise him in the future it would probably be better him to go to Southampton. Also why
1: are we trying to strengthen Southampton? Who are I'm... basically neck and neck with us right now.
0: Yeah but you know you can say that about anything. Why did Southampton give us Cedric last season. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? It it's at the end of the day we want Maitland-Niles to get some regular game time instead of rotting on the bench at Arsenal. Um if that means that Southampton get a few more points this season, I don't really care. Like I don't see Southampton challenging for the top 4. I think they're challenging, challenging in the same sort of places. The top four? No, I know, but that's what I mean. I don't do I don't think we have to even play them again this season. So I know what you can say you know they take points off our rivals and lower down teams which could affect us, etc. etc. Yeah. But I I'd think we care more about AMC's development. Um I wanna say that. So you think this does. is a development loan rather than a shopping window loan? It could be both really. Um Maylon has doesn't been fancy by by Emery or um, you know or Arteta not massively he um, has
1: in right wing back but not in midfield but, but
0: not massively though that's what I'm talking about he's he's had little stints where he has but our, our team's when Bellerin on.
1: got injured under Emery he played
0: like every yeah, game yeah but that's what I mean when Bellerin's got injured he's not a starter and that's what he obviously wants to be he's not going to be a starter for Arsenal in the near future unless he he's 23 unless he suddenly develops at another club and becomes this brilliant player because he's not that He he has he has the you know the odd game that he plays, he'll have a good game, but he, he's—I he, don't think he's had many world-class games for Arsenal. I can't remember many at all. He's solid and he's—he's—he's he's he's all right. Do you know what I mean? But he's—he's he's probably not Arsenal quality if we're looking to move into the Champions League places and stuff like that. He's—he's—you know—he's a utility player that can do a job somewhere, but he's not a starter for Arsenal. And I don't think he ever will be. It's—it's it's probably more realistic that we take—we put him out on loan, and we try and get a buyer because I think there was talks in the summer um just gone that Wolves wanted to buy him for 20 25 million and I don't know why we didn't do that uh because
1: he became an England starter and was looking like he was going to start for us
0: yeah but and he played really important games in the FA Cup win yeah he did but or some you know something's happened where Arteta doesn't rate him I mean judging by his performances when he has played he hasn't he hasn't really deserved to start. I'll be honest.
1: He, but is it is it also fair to judge someone's sole start appearance when they haven't played match football for you know two months and then they're obviously going to be rusty from that?
0: No, it's not. But at the end of the day, Arteta. If Arteta rated him, he'd start a lot more. Arteta clearly doesn't rate him that much, and it's one of the things where it's like Maitland-Niles doesn't warrant. Arteta going just because he's not starting Maitland-Niles. Do, do you know what I mean? If it, was, if it was a world-class player and stuff like that and Arteta's not starting him, then you can raise some questions that, you know, he's that important that he needs to start, that Arteta needs to go and all this sort of shit. But maintenance niles is, isn't that good. He, I mean, I know he's one of your favourite players for Arsenal. But he's, he's one just, of my favourite players. He's just not good, he's not good enough for Arsenal. From what we've seen, he's just not quite good enough.
1: He's shown himself to be a good squad player. Uh, yeah. and he's from the Academy, I really like him, and maybe he can grow into that role. If he wants to leave immediately to get game time, I accept that, but I really just hate to turn our back on anyone from the Academy. It's... But we've
0: got to... Like, we can take as many many players from the Academy... You know, Saka and Smith Mufro, they're from our Academy, and we worship them. It's not like we're you know, disregarding them Academy players. If they're not good enough for Arsenal, no, it doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter if they've come from our Academy, it doesn't matter if they've come... From fifty million pound signing, do you know what I mean? It's Pepe's a seventy two million pound signing. and He's only just recently started games. What what makes Smith um, not Smith-O, Sorry, what makes Maitland-Niles special? Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: well, because he came to the needs... academy, that does make him special no. to a lot of fans out there that yeah, want to yeah, see their course. local boys come
0: out. But it makes him special to Arsenal fans, but not if they're not good enough. Like, of course we care about them because they come from the academy. I don't think, and that's why people worship. Smith-Rowe and Saka because they have come from the academy and there's an extra love for them because of that I don't but just because they're from the academy doesn't mean that they're better players
1: I don't think that we've been clearly shown that Ainsley Mellon is not good enough I think he's been good every time he's played he's been very consistent but except for that one game at left back where he was playing in a back four that he hasn't played much and he hadn't played much football I think it's difficult to judge him it wasn't good enough he, was a, he played badly but how but are he... we to say this guy's career is over based on one performance when he hasn't not... been given a chance
0: I'm just saying, on the basis of it right now, and, and Arteta's opinion of him, he's not going to start for us. So it's better he goes out on loan. Yeah, that's fair but enough. That's fair whether enough. Whether we sell him, or whether we sell him, or he gets some good experience and comes back and does start for us, it remains to be seen. But yeah. he's not—he's probably not good enough to be a central midfielder, and that, I think that's what he wants to be. He's—he pro- probably wouldn't get in Southampton's central midfield. So realistically, he's got. The choice of West Brom, but then you've got to play for a team that's scrapping for relegation that are probably going to lose those games and probably going to kill his confidence even more. Yeah, so he um, it's apparently it's he wants how to add it up, really.
1: He, apparently, he was looking to go because he wanted to secure or give himself more of a chance to play in the Euros. Um, but I don't think you get called up to the Euros if you're playing in a relegated West Brom team, no, because you just don't get the chance to shine and show what you can do in a good team.
0: And also, I considering England's. um Talent in their young players at the moment. I'd, I'd be. The only way that Maitland Niles maybe gets into Euro squad is because of his versatility in different positions. Yeah. Um, but you get so many subs in the Euros you that you can be pretty positions. specialist. But, yeah. But that that's what I mean. So that's the only string to his bow that could get him a Euros place. Apart from that, I, I don't think he's near it at the moment. But he's played if four players or five like games. Saka, yeah, he has. But I, I mean. That, you know, he, he's he got the versatility and that was more t- towards the time where he was starting for Arsenal and was getting a bit more game time. Yeah, but yeah. I think he's barely featured in the last 10 games. I think he's maybe started one game in the last 10. Do you know what I mean? It's, for him to develop, it's not good enough.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand that you, you want to say he goes out on loan, but I don't think we should just go, all right, he's not good enough. And he's not good. Like, and he hasn't really given like a full fair try. I'm not
0: saying full term. He's not good enough. I'm saying right now. He isn't. Yeah. Well, and he not, hasn't not,
1: been started enough.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's how you want to word it, but he needs he needs a break and he needs a change. Yeah, I hope I but hope he can same, become a a great Arsenal player in the future. The same can be said for Nelson and Willock. I was like, gonna move
1: on to that one. You've cut me to it. Go on, you. So you well, you know, we've we've spoken on the podcast previously in episodes that um we're super happy with. Emil Smith-Rowe, we're very happy with Martinelli from what we've seen or it's you know it's difficult to when he's been out uh, and we're yeah. super happy with Saka and Smith-Rowe in particular basically and Ketia hasn't shown it yet um but arguably because we don't really have many other striker options and still does have to come off the bench yeah whereas with Nelson we've got so many right wingers and with Willock we've got a lot of central midfielder players they both have sort of failed to show that they deserve to be starting week in week out week in one at, week out yeah i can't say it week in week, in, week, in, week, week out, out. <laughs> um, especially Willock, because um, he's had more games and yeah. Nelson hasn't had as many games. And has actually, I think, on occasion looked better. He just was really lost in one game he started recently. And that's unfortunate because, yeah. you know, the recency effects will be that people just remember that he's not good enough. Instead of him scoring seven Bundesliga goals for Hoffenheim, you know, when he was 18 years old or um, various other opportunities. Anyways, so Nelson, apparently they're trying to loan him out. They are yeah. discussing two options. They offered him championship and also apparently the Bundesliga where he's got uh, interest. Um, apparently, I think there was preferences from the club for him to go in the championship. We've seen Emil Smith-Rowe go to Hydersfield in the championship and, you know, come back and do what Emil Smith-Rowe has done. Whether he was always that good or whether the loan made him the player he is, I don't know. We know one knows, but, you know, it's a good sign. But apparently Nelson prefers to go to the Bundesliga. He doesn't want to go to the Championship uh, and he yep. has interest. So uh, I think with so many right-wingers and even people like William playing above him, which I don't agree with, uh, yep. he should go out. Um, yep. What do you think, Championship or Bundesliga for Reece Nelson for his development and why?
0: Hasn't, just quickly, um, you'll probably know this better than me, but hasn't Nelson had a loan in the Bundesliga before?
1: He went to Hoffenheim, scored seven league yeah.
0: goals. Sure. Um Again, it does it with the whole championship or Bundesliga. It doesn't really affect me too much. I think they're both competitive leagues, um, and I think at this stage of his career, he needs to get game time. Um, I think also, and the, and the same could be said with Willock. But then it, the thing is with Arsenal, it's how many players you let go because you need people to come off the bench, and you know not everyone can be a starter. So you need enough resources and positions, especially with injuries and stuff yeah. like that. Um, Nelson's, you know, he's obviously got talent. It's how he applies it, and will he ever develop end product? That's the main thing with him. Um, you know, it, the championship's a difficult one because because it's so far into the championship season, and there's so much at stake. It's 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 quite easy to get lost in the championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending, you know, Smith Rowe went there and he did all right. I can't remember if he went in a, in the January or if he went in the summer when he went. Um, I, I think it was in January last year or whenever. Smith Rowe went to
1: Huddersfield second half of the season. Yeah, second half of the season.
0: So you know that you know that there's there's potential for him to go have a really good half of the season with one of the teams and you know do some do some damage in there. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't think it really matters as long as they're getting good competitive game time um, and you know if if they get if he goes to the bundesliga or he goes to the championship and he scores 10 goals and gets five assists that's brilliant for his development i mean i doubt he does that but yeah. no no i don't either but i'm saying if he does that then arsenal look at him and think bloody hell we might actually have a player on our hands yeah well, um, we did that same, after hoffenheim and, and the, the then same he didn't with willock do much i think willock
1: um i think nelson has a higher c- ceiling than willock
0: yeah, but Nelson plays in a position where it's a lot more saturated. Willock's an attacker midfielder, um, and I think... It, it's it's hard to say, but I I think Nelson's position is more saturated. There's so many things that can do what Nelson does. So many players that can do the exact same thing. There's so many tricky wingers out there, fast wingers that have got no end product like he has. Um, and he needs to develop that. Um, but I, there's I don't think there's quite as many attacking box-to-box midfielders like Willock that can get can get you a goal not that he's done it consistently but he's shown that he can score goals from midfield he's scored somewhere. goals
1: against much worse teams he hasn't done yeah. it against good teams
0: I would like I would prefer, me personally I would prefer Willock to go out on loan because I actually I would like him to start a lot of games to see what he can actually do I well. would like both
1: of them to start but I think uh, yeah. Willock has been given more opportunity to show whether he yep. is worthy of starting in future games and hasn't shown it, Nelson has had less chance and I
0: think shown more. But also, I think Willock's like he's never had a consistent like ten starts for Arsenal, and I'm not. He doesn't. I'm not saying he deserves. He can't that afford at all. to give him ten. But starts. I'm saying if he goes out on loan and gets them five to ten starts, then you can see what he really does. Once he's got, he's a hundred percent match fit because he's starting so many games. He's had so much game time. You know what I mean, like. We might keep him at Arsenal because, you know, the Europa League's coming up. We've got a bit more of a hectic schedule. Um, So he might stay so he can play in some of the Europa League games. But ultimately, I think Ainsley, Nelson and Willock all need to go out on loan. They all need to get experience. As long as provided that we've got enough cover in them positions that we can allow that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. So we know and we've heard about the, the Nelson places... Um, I haven't heard about destinations for Willock. I don't know if they are even going to loan him out or if they think that they just want to keep him as central midfield cover. Um, so where would you... If you're Willock, where would you... or
0: If you're Arsenal, where do you want Miller to go? I mean, ideally... And this is probably the same with Nelson. Um, and we've already covered Ainsley. Um, so I'd like them to go to the Premiership. Do you think Premier League teams are willing to take and start Willock? stay in the same league like that's where we want them that's where we want them to to progress so yeah, but keep them in the league if you if if teams you're... like Fulham
1: yeah but they're playing players like Loftus-Cheek who have proven it much more than Willock has
0: I'm I'm if I'm just saying if they could get consistent game time at teams in the in the Premier League like lower lower down teams in the Premier League that would be my ideal and that's what you asked me but yeah, I mean I don't think
1: that's realistic
0: yeah, well if not then, you know, championship or any any competitive league really. Like, that's a good enough level that they can if they actually do play well, it's gonna improve them, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. There's no there's no like specific team or specific league. It's just where they can improve and become hopefully become good consistent players. And if yeah. that means we get a fee for them or they become a squad player consistently for the next five years, then it is what it is. The The one thing that is more beneficial, obviously, is that they're all English and that, you know, we've got the homegrown quota and it does help the be- The more English players we have in the team, um, the easier it is to, you know, buy foreign players and fit them in because you don't have to buy so many foreign players, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and especially, I don't, you know, know too much, but I don't know if Brexit affects um, how many English players and the foreign you know, well, it'll make it harder to get work yeah. permits. So that's what I mean. So the more good and good enough English players you've got in your team, the better it's going to be for yeah. Premier League teams.
1: Yeah, I would prefer for Willett to go to the Championship than the Bundesliga though because there are, you know, 46 games a year in the uh, Championship and I think there's only 34 in the Bundesliga. So if you halve that for half the season, that's, you know, four or five more games. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think he's more likely to start in the Championship and get a big run of games every four or five days uh, than he is in the Bundesliga because I think the quality is, you know, fairly sizably worse in the Championship. You know, I'd like to see him play in the centre of midfield for an upper half championship team I don't yeah. think he gets into Norwich's team I don't think he gets into Bournemouth's team but I think he may get into a Bristol City's team a Swansea mm-hmm. uh, maybe a Reading who knows or something like that and see him get the experience that he needs and you know if he gets benched by them then we know that he's probably not rated
0: yeah um, but no, at least we can that.
1: see can he cut up teams that are on the championship and then can you take that experience and start cutting up teams in the Premier League
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I think I'd like to see championship loans for both of them but apparently Nelson is uh, adverse to a championship loan I'm not sure why that is Um I'd like to see it personally because I think it's more culturally similar football-wise to the Premier League as well than the Bundesliga is and it would help them adjust more. So it's yeah, these, it, that's these, what I think.
0: These boys need to play and Nelson shouldn't be... I'm not saying he is and it's all media rumours so we don't know what's true but he shouldn't be like thinking he's above the level of the championship. That's what I'm worried about. I don't want because to say... But if he thinks he's above the championship, then there's an ego problem. Then there's there's an attitude problem, and that even further proves that he's never going to make it at Arsenal. Because let's take... I don't want to go on to it, because he's obviously become a world-class forward, and it doesn't happen most of the time. But Harry Kane... You know, he went out on loan to places like Millwall and stuff like that. He didn't think he was Leicester better than Leicester the it. championship. Do, do you know what I mean? So, like, and look what happened to him. But do, 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 do you know what I mean? It's he. There was probably never once a moment in Harry Kane's head where he thought, oh, "I'm above that." He's probably gone. I want to go actually.
1: Um, he did, but uh, very much. Um, discouraged going on loan at one point but then he did go on to score a bunch of goals that season because there was a well you, sh- you should go on loan no I want to stay and then he did have the breakout season
0: yeah but I mean he, that's probably come from when he's already been on loan but he's been times. on loan
1: enough times to know when he shouldn't and he's got the experience I guess
0: yeah, exactly if he if, yeah if that was his breakout season when he's already been on loan three or four times to three or four different clubs I 100% get that but Nelson and Willock haven't been on loan to three or four different clubs from what I remember
1: yeah uh, Willock's never been on loan and Reese Nelson has been on loan to Hoffenheim
0: exactly that that just proves the point even more yeah
1: I think it's always good to get experience and if you're not adding a huge amount to your current club I don't think Willock is adding a huge amount I think he comes on for sub appearances because he's very good athletically um, but seems to go invisible in games unless he's against vastly worse like Dundalk level opposition if he does you know practice getting stuck in and being the difference maker in games hopefully he can come back and bring that experience to Arsenal because I want to see these kids make it, I want to see all of them play, so I want the best for all of them um, I also would rather see Nketiah go out on loan, but we won't do that
0: Yeah, well, I think we we probably do need cover um, in this striker position, so I do agree with, you know, ideally I would like Nketiah to go out on loan um, but i you know, I don't know how much cover we've actually got there Yeah. when yeah. you consider our shortages and them kind of positions at the moment and the um, unwillingness to play again especially game. if Martinelli really isn't I, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with Balogun yeah, there's, there's no point going over it again yeah he's going to leave so whatever <laughs>
1: yeah, I have no faith that he will stay in the game
0: yeah me either
1: Right, so I think we'll have to see what happens in the next couple of days whether they go on loan Um, is there anything that you wanted to bring up
0: not really. I was going to speak about um, Ainsley, Nelson, like everything that I've seen. Um, you know, we've already pretty much touched on everything that I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, I guess we can round up the transfer window on the next uh, episode that we'll be covering yeah. after the Tuesday game against Wolves. We'll be back for that, for episode uh, nine. So... Tune into that if you're listening now. We are, you know, we're currently talking about what ifs and what will happen uh, and we'll know for sure with with the with the players that might be going out. We might be getting people in. Who knows? Maybe we'll get more left back cover. Uh, so we'll cover all of that. And uh, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. This has been North London's most read episode eight. I've been Jamie and I've been with Kieran, and we'll see you on Tuesday after we trash Wolves eight nil away, <laughs> the Molyneux, and make Nuno nope. cry. <laughs> all right. See you later. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
0: Bye.